0: Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 31st, 2019. Yes, a Sunday. My name is Philip Rostenreich I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd Coming at you today on a Sunday because it is that time of the season where... No, I cannot wait anymore to recap weekend games. we got to cover all these games as we're now in the final five games of the regular season. The Magic's still a half game back in the Miami Heat for the final playoff spot. So on today's quick podcast, it won't be quick, it'll probably still be the same length, we'll go over the Magic's win over the Indiana Pacers, a 121-116 victory in Indiana as Orlando keeps pace, gets to, where are they at now, 37 wins I want to say, 37, 38 wins, uh, as they stay in the playoff hunt. We'll break that game down and talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon's game as well. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for them on iTunes or the Himalaya app. You can find all these great podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with excruciating detail, just like you find for me here on Locked On Magic. You can find it for all the teams. Want to get a leg up on the Toronto Raptors, Who the Magic play Monday night? Check out Locked On Raptors. Want to get a look at the Miami Heat and their win over the New York Knicks? Locked on Heat. Locked on Nets has the Brooklyn Nets covered and so on and so on and so on. The Locked on Podcast Network also has Locked on Fantasy Basketball and Locked on NBA too to have all your NBA needs covered. You can find them all on the Locked on Podcast Network. Just search on iTunes or the Himalaya app for Locked on and the team you're looking for. Plus, Locked on NFL podcasts, locked on MLB podcasts, and colleges too, with the final four getting set to take place. Definitely want to check those out as well. You can find it all on, again, the iTunes or Himalaya apps, anywhere you download podcasts, really. Check it all out. You can find them all just by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic and the Indiana Pacers are actually two of. The best defensive teams in the league, and it—it it was uh, this. This game was really strange because neither team, neither the Pacers or the Magic, played particularly good defense. In fact, I, I would honestly say the way this game started and the way the Magic played, they didn't get punched in the mouth in the same way that they did against Detroit. But it had the same kind of weird feeling to it. It was maybe more similar to the Philadelphia game. Both the Magic and the Pacers were scoring at a high rate, and Indiana and Philadelphia have better offenses than the Magic, so it just felt like eventually the Magic's offense is going to falter, and the other team's going to pull away. It was This was a game where the first team to get a stop was going to win, or get a string of stops together. And Indiana looked like they were going to be that team in the third quarter. Got a couple and ones every time Orlando made a run. Indiana answered, they got the lead out to 8, it, it, it was looking very precarious. And the Magic just were not getting much from their main guys, frankly. I thought Orlando was really struggling to, to kind of get that base that they need. But lo and behold, the Magic were able to get that first stop. They were able to get those stops together. They were able to begin pushing forward. And it came because of the strength of their bench. Yes, the Magic's bench came through for them in this game. It was Wessa and Ken Burch and Michael Carter-Williams and Aaron Gordon making those defensive plays that, that the Magic were lacking. Just getting, you know, it's cliche because Clifford uses that as a cliche, getting those deflections, knocking the ball away, disrupting offense, challenging shots at the rim, and getting rebounds, most importantly, getting rebounds, as as Indiana did a very nice job on the glass with 12 offensive rebounds. Orlando was not getting stops consistently, but slowly but surely they were. Slowly but surely they got enough of them, late third quarter into the fourth quarter. And that enabled them to take the lead. Because they were able to get out in transition. They were able to get easy baskets. They were able to get steals and deflections and tips and Get to 50-50 balls. I mean, there was one play in particular, perhaps, that was emblematic of the game. Orlando turned the ball over. Bojan Bogdanovic was chasing it down, kicked it out of bounds. A, A sure dunk, a sure play that would have, I think, tied the game at the time in the fourth quarter. Lost. But it was the Magic's bench that did this all. Again, it was Kem Birch deflecting shots, deflecting passes. It was... What's the one do? Just kind of getting into guys a little bit more. I, I talk a lot about the physicality of late. That's really the key. Just kind of imposing your will physically, letting them know you're there. Not fouling, because the fouling was a problem in the third quarter, but just letting them know you're there. Knocking them a little bit off their spot. And eventually Orlando was able to get that ball rolling and get things going in the right direction. It was Aaron Gordon making a ton of really big plays in the fourth quarter. He scored 23 points with 11 coming in the fourth quarter, including four for five and three three three-pointers. He was sublime, I have to say. This was one of my favorite Aaron Gordon games, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that coming up here later on in the podcast. But Orlando opened up a little bit of a lead. They were able to get it out to 6 when Aaron Gordon hit a 3 in the corner with about 2 minutes left to make it a 9-point game. At about the 6-minute mark, Orlando had the lead and it just felt like you had to ride with the bench players because they were rolling. But Clifford brought his starters back in and that energy carried over. Evan Fournier made some nice shots. Terrence Ross made some nice shots. But Nikola Vucevic also kind of woke up finally and gave the Magic some big shots down the stretch. Had some turnovers, had some mistakes very late too and when the Pacers were scrambling. But Orlando went to him and he provided the offensive push the Magic needed to get over the top. And he played the defense the Magic needed after struggling defensively for much of the night. This was not the way the Magic are going to win many games. Again, it was reminiscent of the Philadelphia win on Monday where Orlando didn't play defense for a half, but they were able to keep pace and then their defense locked in for an extended period of time and that was enough. This isn't a formula for for success for the Magic. I think the Detroit game proved that. But there's only one thing that matters at this time of year. There's only one thing that matters with where the Magic are at and that's that you get the job done. Orlando got the job done. And it doesn't matter how you get to that end result because all that matters right now are the results. Orlando got the job done. They defeat the Indiana Pacers 121-116. to They win that season series. Not that that will matter. They're one of the few teams to beat Indiana twice at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And they stay up in the playoff race because unfortunately for the Magic... Every single other team, the Magic are chasing one on Saturday night. Brooklyn beat Boston. Boston playing without Kyrie Irving and Al Horford. Miami beat New York. Detroit beat Portland. Only thing that helped the Magic out was Charlotte losing to the Lakers on Friday. So the Magic stay a half game back of the Miami Heat. They stay one game back of the Brooklyn Nets for seventh. And one and a half games back of the Detroit Pistons for sixth. Five games to go. At Toronto. Home to home to New York. Home to Atlanta. At Boston. At Charlotte. Five games left. So buckle up as it's going to continue to be extremely tight for this Magic team. All the way down to the finish. Let's run through some final stats for you real fast. Like I said, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Aaron Gordon here on the back end of this podcast, but 23 points, 10 rebounds, 4 offensive rebounds, 7 assists, 9 for 15 shooting, 4 for 6 from beyond the arc, 11 points, 3 for 4 shooting from beyond the arc in the fourth quarter. This was, uh, honestly, I don't know if this was my favorite Aaron Gordon game of the season, but it is up there. I I, I love it when Aaron Gordon has games like this, because it was just... It felt very natural. I mean, I've, I know I've talked about this, how when Aaron Gordon's successful, it, it doesn't feel like he's forcing anything. Everything feels very naturally within the offense. But I, I loved how he let things come to him. He showed extreme patience with his drives, with his attacks, with his shot making. And, and he was making shots. If, I mean, if he wanted to force some shots up, he was in rhythm enough that he might make them. And he, and he kind of did on some occasions. But he, a lot of his offenses generally came within the flow of the offense. The ball moved to him. Um, really, it moved around to everyone. Orlando ended up with 37 assists, which is a team high for the season. Team high, 37 assists on the game. Uh, Aaron Gordon was actually the only starter with a positive plus minus, uh, working a lot with that bench unit in the fourth quarter. Ended up playing 37 minutes. He played nearly 38 minutes in this game just because he was so effective. He worked with that bench unit, carried over to that for, that uh, starting unit, um, played some really good defense. I thought he was good on the glass. I thought he was good. One of the few guys that I think was very good defensively throughout the entire night. Um, but that offensive contribution that he gave was fantastic. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him coming up here on the back end of the podcast. Nikola Vucevic with 19 points, 2 rebounds, uh, 8 for 18 shooting, missed all 3 of his 3-pointers. Just you know, I know Nikola Vucevic is working through a little bit of a shoulder issue. I, I, he said after practice, I believe, on Friday that you know he's he's dealing with a little bit of an issue it's nothing serious it's nothing that's going to keep him out of games but but he is kind of nursing a little bit of a of a thing but th- that th- that shouldn't really affect how he's playing because right now uh, over the last two games uh, Vucevic has unfortunately kind of reverted back to the bad defensive Vucevic that, that 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 the magic cannot have um i i've said this numerous times i think there is a very thin line between Nikola Vucevic bad defender and Nikola Vucevic, passable defender. And, and when he is a passable defender, the Magic are good enough. And and I wouldn't put it all on Vucevic uh, because I think, I think the Magic's guards are struggling a little bit more defensively and struggling to keep guys from going to the middle of the lane and right at Vucevic. But I also think Vucevic needs to set a, a harder line and, and press up just a little bit to try and direct guys more where the Magic want them to go. The unfortunate thing for the Magic in this game, the Pacers just kind of went wherever they wanted to go. They were able to get into the middle of the lane. They were able to get Vucevic in isolation. So, um, the Magic, at at one point, just straight up switched. And so you have Vucevic guarding Darren Collison, which isn't a favorable matchup. He just kind of get beat off the dribble. Indiana ended up scoring 62 points in the paint. That's not all on Nikola Vucevic. Make that, I want to make that perfectly clear. That's not all on him, but certainly he could have done a little bit more. And I think the last two games have kind of shown... Some limitation in Nikola Vucevic. Um, this, uh, Andre Drummond just kind of destroyed him. Um, this wasn't about Miles Turner. I just thought the Magic's defensive schemes and defensive intensity weren't where they needed to be. Vucevic didn't help matters, but uh, I don't think his teammates helped matters either. So um, a, a, a frustrating game, I would say, for him. But he did recover well in the fourth quarter. I thought in the fourth quarter, he was able to get his shots down. He was able to... Uh, um, he was a- not able to get... Not able to... to, to to, to finish the game because he had some, some key turnovers down the stretch. um, But I, I he was able to make shots to maintain the Magic's lead, enter that kind of two-minute period with a sizable, comfortable advantage, and that got the Magic to the finish line. So uh, Vucevic recovered a little bit at the end, but but certainly left a lot to be desired. I want to point out some of the bench guys here. Terrence Ross, 16 points, 5 for 14, shooting 4 for 11 from beyond The Arc scored. 14 of those in the second half. Really kept the Magic afloat in that third quarter when it looked like Indiana was going to run away. That's kind of what Terrence Ross has done for a good chunk of the year. Just kind of keeps the team afloat, gets that spark going, and then the energy starts building offensively. So, kept the magic in this game. Can't take that away from him. I thought the shot selection was still a bit iffy. Um, You know, you look at his stats since the all-star break, they're not very pretty. Um, Kind of reverting back to his mean a little bit, just very, very quietly. Um, But lots of other guys stepped up offensively to kind of fill that gap. Ken Birch, I loved his game. Ten points, four rebounds, two steals, two blocks, five for seven shooting one Wundu nine points four for five shooting made his only three pointer. Um, both guys just extremely active defensively. I, I I would honestly say this about the Magic uh, throughout the game, the intention on defense wasn't bad. I thought that they were they they. I mean I I know Clifford Clifford kind of went on this rant a little bit uh, the other day about just uh, about playing hard. Just because you lose doesn't mean you need to play harder. Um, the Magic I thought were playing hard. I thought the Magic were very at, were very active. Um, I thought they were in trying to do the right things. Their intention was good. Um, but overall they 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 weren't executing the right way. They weren't they weren't kind of imposing their will defensively the way they need to impose their will. Iwundu and Birch were both guys that that throughout the night and really in that third, fourth quarter stretch that I'm talking about, really imposed their will on the game. Um I loved Iwundu's activity, uh both on offense and defense. He was cutting to the basket real well. He was making his shot. He had one really nice play at the end of the first quarter where he pump faked a guy, took a step in from the three-point line, and drained a, a mid-range jumper. Um, those are plays you want to see from him. And, and so I was really happy to see that kind of play. And, and his defensive energy just kind of lifted the whole team up. It was really, really nice to see the Magic play with, with that kind of uh, verve, so to speak. Um, I, I also want to point out... Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, 10 points, 5 assists, 4 for 6 shooting. DJ Augustin, 11 points, 10 assists, 5 for 10 shooting, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc. Um, you know, Both point guards did a good job, I think, getting the magic into their offense. Uh, defense was another matter. Darren Collison just kind of ran wild on them. Um, but Carter-Williams made some really nice defensive plays, too. I, I would put him in that group with that second unit. That second unit of Carter-Williams, uh, Ross, Iwandu, Gordon, and Burch really saved this game. Uh, that group really... Put the pressure on Indiana defensively. Got the stops they needed, and were able to score enough to give the Magic back the lead,er bring the Magic back into the game. And then really, they they took it from there. So, um, their defense fed their offense. That's that's one thing we know about this team: is is their offensive success comes from their defense. Um, other notable scores: Jonathan Isaac at 14 points on four for eight shooting, made three of seven from on the arc. Also added eight rebounds. I would note as well here. Isaac's rebounding is coming along a lot faster than I think a lot of us anticipated. I think this was probably the last bit of his game we thought we'd get to see from him uh, as as rebounding is a lot about positioning and strength. Um, And so it's good to see him kind of up those rebounding totals as well. Um, Orlando overall shoots 51.1% from the floor, 15 of 38 from beyond the arc. They have a season-high 37 assists on their 47 field goal makes to score 121 points. Uh, On Indiana's side, they get 24 from Darren Collison as well as 9 assists. They get 22 from Bojan Bogdanovic, 16 and 12 from Miles Turner. They shoot 52.7% from the floor. They actually had a 120 offensive rating as well. Only 9 of 24 from Beyond the Arc, but Orlando's able to pull away. Orlando's able to sneak by 121 to 116, the final at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. The Orlando Magic defeat the Indiana Pacers to climb, uh, to stay within a half game of the final spot in the playoffs. <laughs> You know, I, I think I was one of the people that banged the drum of Aaron Gordon and his potential stardom. I mean, you know, I, and, and, and I'll say this, I still see it in him. But after last year, I think the general consensus among Magic fans was that Aaron Gordon is the future star of the team. If the Orlando Magic are going to have a quote unquote successful season or playoff run, we all assumed it would be because Aaron Gordon took the mythical leap. Um, You know, I I use that term a lot when I discussed Victor Oladipo and and whether he would make the star turn or the star leap. And and it didn't happen in Orlando for a number of reasons. Um, You know, people still bring up the Oladipo trade, and I would say, well, A, those guys are fired. But B, I'm not sure it would have happened the same way in Orlando. But Aaron Gordon had become the next guy that everyone turned their attention to and said, this is our next star, this is our next guy. We saw him average 17 points per game last year. We saw him do uh, have 40 point games. He seemed on the verge of becoming the superstar. And I, I talked a lot about this on la- on last year's podcast about how Aaron Gordon was trying too hard to be a star. He was tr- he wanted that responsibility, but didn't quite know how to how to hold it or or what he needed to do to hold it. And it was all growing pains. I thought last year there was a lot of growing pains on his part. This year has not quite been the year everyone thought Gordon would have. His scoring has been inconsistent, I would say, even though his shooting percentages are up across the board. His scoring is a bit down. He is not the main focus of the Magic's offense. And in fact, it was Nikola Vucevic who became the team's all-star as the team experienced success. Uh, Around the trade deadline, there was certainly some noise uh, from national media and, and and even some Magic fans, I saw who said, "You know, maybe the Magic should trade Aaron Gordon. He's not the player we all thought he was. They 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 signed him to a big contract, but but that contract is a bargain deal. It seems like for the talent that he has, and he could and and I think the national media's rationale was always he could go somewhere else and be better. The Magic just can't develop young guys like him. He needs to go somewhere else to be better." And I laughed at all of that. I laughed at all that and, and and just kind of put it down and just kind of shot it all down. It's just like, no. There's one thing we did learn from the Victor Oladipo experiment or whatever you want to call it. It's that it's very rare to, to give up on a player with some promise who's young. You shouldn't do that except under exceptional circumstances. If they're offering you a bona fide all-star, all-star that you can have under contract that's going to turn your team around, and provably turn that team around, you do it. Sure, why not, if you're not fully invested in him. But none of, that deal, none of those deals came on the table. The whole ringer thing about C.J. McCollum was a, was a farce. I, I, Portland's not trading C.J. McCollum. But there was still this question of, where was Aaron Gordon at in his development? It's important here to remember that he's 23 years old that he's not fully formed yet. Yes, he has the money. Yes, he got this huge contract from the Magic. But he's not done growing and developing yet. And this year, to me, has been huge proof of how far he's come, and and yes, how far he still has to go. And Saturday's game, like I said, Saturday's game was one of my all-time favorites favorite Aaron Gordon games. We all wanted to see him do that 40-point game again. And, and, and I think I've even said it myself that, you know, I, there's going to be a game where he has that kind of night. And we've all been waiting for it, waiting for him to have that kind of 40-point explosion that he had last year. That's not the way the Magic want him to play anymore. That's not his game. That's not his role on this team. And a game like Saturday night, the reason why it it got me so excited is it showed, A, the patience and precision that that Gordon's game has, has taken on this year. And B, it showed... This new skill that he's added in his assisting and passing and playmaking, and that goes with his patience. He's not just driving with his head down looking to score or looking to pull up or or take some crazy mid-range jumper. He still does that on occasion. But he's looking to move the ball. He's looking to get others involved. He's looking to make his teammates better. And third, it showed his commitment to defense, to being a two-way player. The thing that he said at the very beginning of his career he wanted to be. He wanted to be a defensive player there. He wanted to be on the all-defensive team. And he's not going to get there this year. But this has been a really strong individual defensive season for him. The Magic trust him to guard the best player on the other team. If the Magic make the playoffs, Aaron Gordon will be guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo. Bar none. And the Magic are okay living and dying on that. Because who can really stop Giannis at this point? This has been a season of maturity for Aaron Gordon, where he's really grown into his game and grown up as a player. A game like this would not have happened last year for a number of reasons. He would never have gotten seven assists. That much we know for sure. That just was not a part of his game. His assist average has gone up by almost one and a half assists per game. Literally almost two assists per game now. That's an incredible improvement. Incredible improvement. That would never have happened last year. Just, just not a part of his game. But I think it's also safe to say that he would not have been a guy the team could turn to late in games for big plays. It was his three-pointer that really iced this game, making it a nine-point game. And it was a patient play. Caught the ball in the corner from Evan Fournier, who is the primary playmaker late in games. Pump faked, saw his main fly by, did a dribble sidestep, set himself back up for three, and drained it. Cold-blooded. Aaron Gordon does not make that play last year. No doubt about that does not make that play. And that's what's been so impressive about Aaron Gordon is the maturity and patience that he's displayed. You don't become a great two-way player without that. And while, yes, it would have been nice and and I think a little more settling for the Magic faithful because I still see this debate and, and it's a debate we will have over the summer about whether this is as far as this group can go or just the beginning of how far this group can go. And I think that's a fair question to ask in June and in May, not today in April or March. But Gordon has shown some ability to take on that mantle. Remember, he is just 23 years old. He still has a world of development ahead of him. And he's going to get better. There's one thing we know about this kid. He is going to work hard. The player he is now is so much better than the player he was as a rookie, as a second-year player. Even as that summer league player who, when we first saw him in summer league, we all kind of looked at each other and were like, he got a lot better and who knows what would have happened if he hadn't gotten hurt that summer Gordon has figured out a lot this summer and he's certainly a key to the Magic's playoff run as much as he's a key to the Magic's future and if anything he's shown that that investment the Magic made in him this summer has been well worth it because it's only going to pay more dividends as it moves forward I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at LockedOnMagic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando, for Orlando Magic Daily. And Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.